This is Live Well Talking COVID-19 Vaccines and Delta Variant Part 5. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UniPoint Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Today's podcast will provide another update of what we're seeing in the hospital and the community, as well as talk more about natural versus uh, vaccine immunity and uh, vaccine boosters. As of today, the hospital, we had 30 patients that were in the medical surgical beds and three in critical care, so for a total of 33 Uh, The deaths in the county have stayed stable at 366. And a good news today is that the rate of transmission number, uh, which means for every case of COVID you have, X number of people get infected was 0.97, so it's less than one. That's that's good. That means it's decreasing. We were at about 1.5 two weeks ago. Now, the bad news is that the wastewater in Cedar Rapids is tested for the COVID uh, virus, and it is climbing again, indicating there is ongoing community spread. So uh, there are some, it's a, it's a mixed picture right now as far as good things to see uh, is the reproductive number coming down, but the, that wastewater report uh, does concern me. The ratio of vaccinated to unvaccinated hospitalization stays at about 85% unvaccinated, 15% vaccinated. Uh, presumptively, they're all the Delta variant. We have no knowledge of any other variants uh, at present. Uh, our critical care capacity um, is, it was about 67, 70% when we started the day, uh, but that, that's the space. That doesn't reflect staffing. That doesn't reflect the, the, the burden that these patients have on the staff. And I was asked today, you know, is it burnout? And I don't think it's, I don't know if it's burnout. Um, when I think about burnout, I think of uh, decreased job performance, uh, decreased interaction with others. Uh, m- more of a, a, a almost a uh, um, depression uh, related to whatever occupation you're in. I, I just think it's pandemic fatigue. It it there's uh, no end in sight. Some days it feels like it, uh, and it only seems that we uh, start to get ahead of the game, and then we see a, a variant or a, a surge, uh, and it is it's fatiguing. And it's fatiguing for the staff and fatiguing for the families and the patients. But I, as I've said before, we, we won't be overwhelmed, but it is overwhelming to take care of uh, these patients on an ongoing basis. And at what expense will we not be overwhelmed as far as routine and preventative care? School starting Labor Day weekend, how much influence that will have? I don't know. Um, of interest, the state fair was not felt to have any negative influence on the number of COVID cases. So I think uh, that is optimistic there that perhaps the Labor Day weekend and the state fair won't, and then, excuse me, school opening won't, will have no uh, or negligible impact on the number of new cases. I think the one thing that I definitely want to stress today is I think natural immunity is gaining evidence in the medical literature that it supports. You have the Cleveland Clinic study that said that natural immunity was equal to vaccinations, uh, meaning they had employees, they tested, and they compared them, and they found that whether you had it or got received the vaccine, you had the same protection. And that went up out 10 months because that's the length of the study. The data out of Israel indicates that immunity uh, naturally may be stronger than the vac- vaccine, which, which makes sense. And I think we talked about this last time, but I'll, I'll hit it again because it's an important point to make. The vaccine addresses one thing on the virus, and that's the spike protein, which attaches to the human cell, enters the human cell, causes viral reproduction, and subsequent uh, disease. 
natural immunity is going to have an antibody to the spike protein. It's also going to have an antibody to the M protein, the nucleocapsid, and other elements of the virus. So it will have multiple antibodies. And that would that would make sense that it, your natural immunity will have some, if you will, backup to to fighting the virus. That perhaps vaccine-related immunity has more of a, a narrow uh, focused target that it's uh, going after on the virus, and it is a distinct possibility that the, it it that tar- the virus may mutate, get another variant, or even a strain, um, and then subsequently the vaccines would lose their efficacy. Maybe that's what we're seeing coming out of the Israel data. It, it's it's hard to say at this time. The trouble is antibody testing. There's some variabilities, some cross-reactivity, and whether or not your antibody, is it just a quantitative? Uh, the higher the number, the better. Is it qualitative? You either have them or you don't. Uh, we don't know that answer yet, and we're working to get that answer. The Pfizer vaccine remains the only one approved for children going down to the age of 12, as well as, uh, but that is under emergency use authorization, and then 16 and older is uh, approved by the FDA. Uh, I read this morning that Moderna is looking to get a booster. Uh, no word on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Boosters or additional doses, depending on how you want to describe it, uh, it comes uh, September 20th. Uh, that'll be available at that time. I, and as I've said on other podcasts, I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a booster as much as it's just a third dose. It's the third dose in the, the regimen, and perhaps it should have been a third dose, th- three-dose regimen to begin with. But speaking of the vaccine, even if they lose their efficacy, they're not 90% like they were initially, uh, and they drop into the 60s against the Delta variant, perhaps, depending on the data or the source you look to. I think it's important to understand that they do prevent disease and death and hospitalization. Uh, the patients that are unvaccinated uh, tend to have more critical illness than those that have received the vaccine. And that's, that's observable in our intensive care unit. Whether or not the vaccine hesitancy has been reduced because Pfizer did approve the vaccine, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's had some effect, but I, I don't know how dramatic it's been. The mask mandate continues to be a contested issue. I, I get asked about this all uh, quite a bit, and my response is always the same, that masks work as long as they're wearing appropriately. Uh, there's a study out of Thailand that's, that masks did have, have a 9% reduction in COVID transmission, uh, and it was a large number of patients. So masking, I think, does work, but they have to be used diligently and correctly for them to work. Another question that I get asked and that people say, what keeps you up at night? And that is, that is our staff and how hard they're working. I, I, I worry about their, their physical well-being of uh, being able to work so long and so hard uh, and still have a good family life, work balance. I worry about having to delay or cancel routine and preventative care to, to take care of the coronavirus patients. That, that I worry about too. But I am reassured that with vaccination, we can prevent death and disability and entrance into the hospital, which will help us deal with the work that we have in front of us. Despite the ongoing pandemic fatigue and the worrisome concern of whether or not it'll develop into frank burnout for healthcare professionals, it is a concern. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. We know what we do and we know how we do it. But it's in times like these we learn why we do it.
Thank you for listening to COVID-19 Update. For the latest update on COVID-19, vaccine information, and more, visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.